0: What up, what up? It's me, Daniel D. with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. It's Sunday, August 20th, 2023. This episode, just going to talk a little bit about the culture war and uh, how to engage in it. Is it worth engaging in? If so, how should we do it? Because um, on this sub stack, I do spend a lot of time on certain hot button cultural issues. And I know it's one of those things, it can be a distraction. It can even be a form of escape. Right, like, it's a way, uh, it can be fun, you know, to engage in these issues at times, because there's so much craziness, there's so much absurdity, it's like the jokes, you know, if, you, if you're if you inclined to humor, just write themselves, right, like, you can't, I mean, the fact that in this day and age you have a Supreme Court nominee, now Justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson, um, asked, you know, what is a woman and she's like, well, I'm not a biologist. I can't answer these things. It's a very complicated thing. You know, we, we don't know what a woman is, but you're supposed to be the first black woman, you know, nominated to the Supreme court. So you don't know what the fuck you are then? These categories are meaningless. Why are you even being nominated then? If you're just, you know, well, there's basically an affirmative action higher to the Supreme court, right? <laughs> Based on the fact that you're black and a woman and we can't define what a woman is. So... Anyway, um, it can be the, the, the humor writes itself, right? So it can be fun. But then again, is it point, what's the point of it? You know, is this just like a ha-ha joke, like, you know, a, a silly Marx Brothers sketch or Three Stooges or whatever, where it's just maybe it's kind of amusing, but at the end of the day, it doesn't seem to really mean much of anything. I don't know. Um, but I think. There's deeper issues at play that do mean something, right? It's like uh, the culture war. It's not just a culture war. It's a spiritual war. And we see spiritual forces at work in the culture. And um, some clear examples of this lately. Because lately we're not just talking about things that, you know, reasonable minds can differ on kind of dry intellectual you know, technical subjects like, well, what should the top marginal tax rate be, or should there even be an income tax, or you know, uh, what should the tariffs on imports be, or whatever, right? Like, those are policies. You know, what should be the the sentence. You know, for armed robbery, or you know things like where well, you can you could have reasonable minds differing about well, I think you know they maybe they should be able to be paroled after a certain amount of time after they commit armed robbery, depending on how old they are when they you could have somebody make a case for that, and another person say, "No, I don't think you know you could have reasonable disagreement there, right, where you could try to marshal evidence and arguments and convince each other of you know well, I think this then you have something else entirely, and an example of this recently. Courtesy of the LGBTQ rainbow pride, you know, pride goeth before the fall movement, um, you know, where you have just as as an example, the clip, which maybe you saw a video of these pride marchers, a bunch of fucking perverts and sodomites and trannies and all that marching and chanting the words, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children, right? And here we've crossed the line. There's no reasonable minds differing on this. Like, this is evil, all right? And there's there's something else going on. This is not just a, a, a simple matter of, you know, well, we got to find common ground. we got to compromise. It's like, okay, you want access to the children. Well, I don't think you should have access. So we'll meet halfway, and you can have access during these hours. And no, it's like you're fucking demonic. You have zero access to the kids. And if you get near the kids... The proper response is to do like they do in Muslim countries and throw your fucking demonic ass off a rooftop because you're a piece of shit. You shouldn't, no, you cannot. If you, if, if this is how you are, you are a threat to everything good and virtuous and sacred in the world and you need to be eliminated. Period. Right? Like there's just no middle ground there. Right, So here we have an example. This is a clear, you know, what is evil? It's like pornography, you know. You know it when you see it. And here's an example of an extreme where, all right, it's easy to see. This is evil. These fucking, you know, uh, abominations of human beings like just, I don't know, they're like cyborgs almost. You know, they've had surgeries and hormone therapy and they've, you know, dressed themselves up in all these this crazy Paraphernalia, they just look like abominations, and they're talking about coming for the kids. No, that's fucked up. So, okay. So, there's an example the culture war. Is it worth fighting? Well, you have to fight it. You know, it's kind of you're in the situation where even if you don't want to, if you have kids and these rainbow pride demons are talking about coming for your kids, then you have to respond. You can't just avoid. The fight like they've initiated the fight, you're in the fight whether you like it or not, you know. So then the question is, how do you go about it? Because it can also be if you fight, that can be a harmful thing, right? Like it's good to know how to fight, it's good to when it's needed to fight to defend yourself, to defend your family, to defend, you know, good people who are vulnerable to attack from evil. Right. But how do you do that without being consumed by it? And here's kind of the thing it comes back to what's going on. And there's some uh, John Carter at Postcards from Barsoom and Winston Smith at, uh, I forget the name of his sub stack, uh, have done some stuff lately about right hemisphere, left hemisphere dominance, you know, in terms of the brain. And uh, this is drawn on the work of Ian McGilchrist where he's talking about the difference between, you know, the right hemisphere of the brain is more big picture. Uh, The left hemisphere is more narrow. So the the easiest way to think of this is if you have a predator slash prey where any animal in the wild needs to obtain food. So the left hemisphere is like how do I – the narrow – Focus like I see some food, I want how to, I'm gonna go get this food, right? Maybe they're a, a hunter, I'm how do I h- catch this prey? So, very, very linear, very straightforward, very discreet in terms of what it's accomplishing. I'm not a neurophysicist or, or neurobiologist or whatever, I don't even play one on TV, so you know, I'm probably mischaracterizing this, but hopefully, you get the general idea. The right hemisphere, on the other hand, is like, how do I avoid becoming somebody else's food, right? So it's like, you got to take a bigger picture of you, not just see the food that you're trying to get, but see how that fits into the bigger environment, uh, you know, what, what other threats may be around, right? Now, here's an interesting thing. the When people have strokes that affect one hemisphere or the other, people who have a stroke, that affects the left hemisphere, but not the right hemisphere. So they have a right hemisphere that's normal, left hemisphere is damaged. They recognize that they've had a stroke, that something's wrong, that they're limited. They see, you know, for example, these people will have paralysis on one side of the body, right? So they'll, they'll recognize, like, I can't move like I used to. I can't do the things that I used to do. That's the right hemisphere dominant person who's had a left hemisphere stroke. Left hemisphere... Dominant person who has a stroke that affects the right hemisphere does not recognize their own limitations. Amazingly, and this is, you know, Ian McGillchrist, his work on the master and his emissary, uh, and he's got a more recent book in which he he kind of elaborates some of this. You know, he he goes into a lot more detail, and he's I'm an idiot and I don't know these things, so just taking the very general view of this. But I'm going to get back to the culture wars in just a minute, so bear with me. The left hemisphere dominant person who has had damage in the right hemisphere because of a stroke does not know that they've been damaged. They don't recognize their limitations. They, in fact, will even disclaim that the part of their body that they're not able to move, right? So right hemisphere has a stroke. It means the left side of the body maybe has some paralysis. Right. So when when asked, well, what about your left arm? Like why you can't move it. It's like, oh, I can move it if I wanted to. I just choose not to. Or they even deny that it's even their body. Like, I that's not my body. I don't know whose arm that is, but it's not mine. Right? Like some crazy uh ways of thinking, but yet that's the left hemisphere. Right? Left hemisphere is just particular, right hemisphere is more general, you know. So coming back to the culture war. And I promise I'm going to get back tie this or attempt to tie this together in a minute. All right. Now we're going to go to Aristotle. And I promise this is going to tie into the culture war. Aristotle. Um, so he had formulated virtue as being the mean between vicious extremes. So you have an example where you have um, courage, right? So uh, courage being this, this median or mean point between uh, cowardice and rashness, recklessness, you know. So it's like you have somebody who has no sense of danger whatsoever. They just, uh, completely oblivious to all threats and just, they're going to get, that's not a good way to be because you'll get yourself or others hurt or killed, right? But on the other side, you don't want to be the coward either who's just completely afraid, or sees threats everywhere and can't bring himself to face any of them. But in the middle, you have the person who's you know got the right amount of courage that, you know so they're not reckless they're not too far to that extreme, but they're also recognizing the threats and kind of have a humility towards them right so they're not they're not rash and reckless but they're also not cowards because they do have some willingness to face threats when appropriate right So you have the virtue as the mean between two vices or two vicious extremes. And I think that ties into or overlaps with the right brain left brain think where the left brain is, and here's an analogy i would use and i promise i'll get back to the culture war in a minute you have a uh, a musician knows which notes to play when right the artist knows which notes to play when the left brain would be more like the individual note that just knows its own sound and wants to make that sound as much as possible but even when it conflicts with other notes right like you you have a note that you're playing in a piece of music When it's the right note, it's good to play it. But when it's the wrong note, when it conflicts with other notes, you can't just play the same note all the time, right? There's a time to play it. There's a time not to play it, right? So the left hemisphere only sees its own, what's in front of it, what it wants. All right, another example, and I promise I'll tie this back in in just a moment, the body, a dynamic system, right? So you have... A hormone gets out of whack, you know, too much of, 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 of a, a particular hormone or not enough of it. And it causes all these cascading failures, right? Like, uh, you know, you have a hyperactive thyroid and it doesn't produce enough of this or produces too much of that. And then the next thing you know, you know, the, the body system is out of whack and it's trying to compensate for it. And I'm not a biologist or a medical doctor. Again, don't even play one on TV. So, uh, just, this very dummy you know, general view. But the point is, in a culture war situation, okay, back to the body. You have the dynamic system of the body where everything's got to be integrated, like just enough of each thing and not too much, not too little, right? That mean between, you know, unhealthy extremes. So you have, on the other hand, you have a cancer where all the cancer cells do is make more of themselves without limit. Like there's no... um Limiting themselves to fit into a, you know, an equilibrium with surrounding tissue, right? They just propagate as much as they can without limit, right? Okay, back to the culture. Here you have God is as best as I could describe it. And this is, I'm not certainly not expert on this, but I just, God seems like more of that right hemisphere dominant big picture you know bringing unity and coherence and uh, equilibrium and so forth health uh, into a dynamic system where everything's in balance you know it's not static like a you know just a table where there's different parts but none of them move or interact really but it's, it's a dynamic system like a body you know and that's again I'm not alone in this. Uh, Apostle Paul talks about the body of Christ, right? So you have this dynamic system where you have different parts doing different things, but all of them in harmony with each other because they're in harmony with the head, which is Christ, right? So you have a, a, a dynamic system that is in equilibrium. You have, on the other hand, the job of evil, which seems much easier because there it's just separated from the head, which is Christ, right? So you have some part of the body, some tissue that becomes cancerous and just promotes itself without end, just more of itself. That's all it can do. And um, all right, so back to the culture and the culture wars. Communism is like the demonic counterfeit, one of many, demonic counterfeits to Christianity. Where instead of the body of Christ, you have the amorphous blob of whatever, the communist state, the communist apparatus, where it's just a blob. You know, you—you you, you, instead of having people, individuals who are members of a body, right, where they're different, but they're all important, uh, none of them above each other, but yet they're different. They, You know, you can't have the hand doing the eyes job and vice versa, right? But in the communist state, it's just blob interchangeable widgets you know uh, basically a cancerous tumor that's just gone to an extreme where all it is, all that it is is growth and corruption and just con- consuming more right so or, or a parasite is another example virus any of biological metaphor you want to use for communism okay now you have all these different things going on in the world and there's a a time maybe where it's appropriate to for example so have law enforcement right you, you 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 need to prevent crime you need a a police force you need but you also need limits on what the police force is able to do so you have constitutional rights you know they can't just walk into your home willy-nilly and say we're just here to check to see if you're committing any crimes and just ransack your house looking for evidence of a crime that you may or may not have committed right they have to ha- get a warrant they have to have some kind of probable cause that you know there's a reasonable belief that you have committed a crime or that the the search is likely to yield evidence of a crime like they have to have some reason for and they have to get a warrant and they have to use that to then search your house right so that's the way it's supposed to work of course they get an end run around that with the big tech companies it's like hey well you know Google, it would sure be nice if you would just share with us all your information that you have on this person over here who we don't like. Um, But anyway, so you have law enforcement, right? That's just one example where it's necessary, but there's other considerations at play. So it's like likening to a body, you have the white blood cells, right? You have the immune system. Uh, it's necessary to prevent infection, but the immune system can cause problems for the body too. You, you know, a lot of these allergies that people have—it's like the immune system just goes fucking out of whack, you know, and just goes on the attack. Or you have autoimmune disorders where you know the immune system actually attacks the body or some part of the body, right, causing problems. So you can have that in a state, right, where you, you, you now you no longer just have a police force; you have a police state where the you know, surveillance state, whatever. Communists. Their job is basically they just, and that's why there's so many different things that seem disconnected, and yet they are all on a deeper level connected. They're all heads, separate heads of the same Hydra, or separate puppets being manipulated by the same puppet master. So you have Black Lives Matter, Incorporated, or you have the Green New Deal, or you have, you know, uh, the CIA, or you have, uh, you know, the, Uh, public health institutions or you have all these different things that don't seem like they should really be connected like what's the what's the link between say getting a covid vaccine and black lives matter incorporated you know celebrating uh saint george floyd you know for example right what's the what's the connection there it doesn't seem like there should be a real connection they should be separate things separate realms separate but yet they work in tandem Right, so you have during the midst of the pandemic, you have the public health officials telling you, oh, you can't have a funeral for your mother. I'm sorry, you can't even be by her bedside as she passed away because this virus is so deadly, it's so lethal. If you sit by your mom's bedside as she dies during this pandemic, you'll spread the illness. It'll kill a million people, and you know we can't have that. So you can't. You got to say goodbye to your mom via Zoom or through the hospital glass or whatever." Like you can't be in the room with her and you certainly can't have a funeral for her after she passes. And then George Floyd dies and they're like, oh, by all means, uh, gather together in close proximity to each other and urban centers and, you know, do whatever you want to do. Riot, burn down, but you know, you can be as close as you want. You don't need to keep six feet apart or socially distance or any of that. You don't need to wear a mask. None of that. Just go protest, go burn it all down. Right. George Floyd needs a funeral, in fact, we're going to give him a gold casket and have him give him a farewell tour where he'll go around and he'll have services all over the country. People gather together in large numbers to celebrate this man's life. You know how he held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach when he robbed her and you know threatened to shoot her fetus you know that was in her womb and you know what a great guy right how, how obviously there's some coordination here. you have the uh, public health officials and you have the b l m incorporated activists right um uh, all somehow working together why is that well again communists is uh there's a now you know pushing every time there's a there's a a virtuous median you know that or mean that or an equilibrium it's like how do you destroy that you push it out of whack one way or the other right so you have say you have a uh you know immune system in the body it's like if you can just push get the immune system to overreact right then it throws everything out of whack and if you could just get you know too much growth hormone and it'll cause a lot of problems you know for the endocrine system or whatever right so in society it's like for the communists it's like Anytime there's an opportunity to push things out of alignment, out of equilibrium, so you have the civil rights, you know, so it's, you got to have this perpetual revolution where you got to find problems everywhere and you got to keep pushing. You can't be allowed to reach an equilibrium where things are in balance, things are in harmony, there's a dynamic equilibrium. It's like things have got to be pushed to one extreme or the other. Communism is a religion of extremes because it is vicious. And so basically, it's, it, it's a nihilistic religion at, at heart. Demonic, it just wants to, or its author, just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And all, and in order to steal, kill, and destroy, all you got to do is push for these extremes. You know, Anytime there's a conflict, just figure out which, and this is from the devil's point of view, which way is kind of got the upper hand and just push that. It's it's almost like judo or jujitsu. You know, you have the momentum going, you just push it. You you know, you, you use the, the enemy's momentum against themselves, right? Communists, that's their tactic. And it's here. I almost wonder, you know, the, the individual communists, I'm talking about them as if they're left hand, left hemisphere dominant earlier, you know, where they, they're just focused on their narrow area, but, yeah, you see this this out uh, of collusion or this um coordination. And here I'm it is weird because there does seem to be a right hemisphere type of approach, but not at the level of the puppets themselves. It's like you have a puppet master coordinating this um you know, manipulating through incentives or whatever uh, people to, to pursue, you know, so you have the LGBTQ movement, right? So you have these trannies, and it's just like they, they're just pushing for their own perversion just as far as they can. You know, just they want to infect all of society, including young kids, with this perversion. There's no limit. There's no, it's just they, that's all they want to do. It's like the Sorcerer's Apprentice in the movie Fantasia, you know, where it's like you have this program set in place, you know, this magical spell cast, and it just, But it doesn't stop. It just keeps going past the point where it's useful and now to the point where it's destructive. Not to say that transgenderism was ever useful or good, but it's just, here you have something where it's like, again, this extreme, this sexual perversion that's taken and just pushed to this extreme, and like a cancer, wants to spread itself throughout society, right? And then you have another cancer, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, right? Where it's like, you take, maybe there was a legitimate uh issues being addressed by the original civil rights movement. At this point, whatever civil rights stands for, it doesn't stand for racial reconciliation and healing and good and you know all that. No, it stands for division, destruction, you know, disorder, chaos. It's demonic, right? You and know, you have all these things that seem to be coordinated by a spirit of death. Some of this stuff is hard to really um, describe fully or give a complete picture of because I mean, one, I'm kind of a moron, I'm limited in my understanding, Uh, but two, you know, we live in this material world where it's hard to, we're really kind of limited to analogies, metaphors, symbols, stories, things like that, you know, it's hard to arrive at at a hard and fast, like the logical positivist wanted, you know, this strictly based on you know sense impressions things that you can define you know in terms of some kind of tangible um you know thing that you can point to and say anyway it's it's like you have these kind of intangibles that you're trying to define and describe and in this case you know we're touching on things that see you know we live with within whatever this realm is that we live in there's things beyond it and it, yeah i would say Yo, know, you got the religious, like, do we live in a simulation? Well, you look at the religious views, um, pretty much all the major religions agree on the point that this is a realm where it's not the base level of reality, where things can be deceptive, where uh, spiritual growth or enlightenment or salvation seems to involve seeing or recognizing a Bigger, broader context to our lives within which this realm that we live in—the things that we can, you know, interact with with our physical senses. So anyway, so if you're, you know, Christian or Muslim or whatever, you'd say that there's a spirit realm or the realm of God. Uh, you know, there's this material realm, or if I don't know if you're Buddhist, I guess it would be consciousness, you know, uh, or emptiness whatever it's and then this realm you know being a realm where there's deception of some sort you know where you think you're interacting with things but you're really interacting with appearances and those appearances are deceptive right then of course on the other hand you have the your new atheist um materialist philosophers who somehow acknowledge the possibility of a simulation theory where it's like well you know if you have uh uh, civilization, you know, if the universe is infinite, and you have different civilizations. Either they go extinct, or they, you know, crash and burn before they reach the point of being able to build a uh, computer that's sophisticated enough to have a simulation, or they don't. They, you know, and given the number of, you know, possible you know civilizations in the universe odds are at least one of them has reached the point of being able to ha- build a computer that can host a simulation and so therefore you know once they're able to do that the number of simulated universes is potentially infinite and uh well, there is only one real universe and so therefore the odds are that we're living in a simulated universe and, you know giving you the simulation theory for dummies there but you'll have these uh hardcore new atheist materialist you know types Telling you about a simulated, uh, the simulation hypothesis and how, well, it's entirely possible. This is not the base reality. We're in a simulation designed by some superior intelligence outside of the realm that we're in that designed this realm and uh, set parameters for it. And, you know, you're like, oh, like kind of like a god, you know? Anyway, nice simulation hypothesis you got there, Mr. Atheist. Uh, But, you know, again, so you have different sides acknowledging some possibility this is not a base level reality like that we're living in some kind of i don't know simulacra whatever right all i'm saying is that now we have this culture war and for whatever it's hard to find what good is what evil is but i think a good rule of thumb is what jesus said in john 10:10, talking about the devil the thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy but i've come li- come that you may have life and have it more abundantly right that difference, that distinction, stealing, killing, destroying on the one hand versus life and life more abundantly on the other. Uh, you know, think about disease versus health, you know, death versus life. Um, you know, basically disorder and, and chaos versus, you know, harmonious, harmonious dynamic sort of equilibrium or you know, homeostasis, whatever, right? aristotle's virtue versus the vicious extremes you know and you have something interacting on this system and the people within the system that is pushing for some damaging extremes it seems to map on to to use the language from the apostle paul the law of sin and death you know the law of life and the spirit of life uh the law of the spirit versus the law of sin and death the law of the flesh right you seem to have something going on here and so again It's easier to see it in the extremes. So you have your LGBTQ pride goes before the fall, demon mob, you know, talking about coming for the children. You have Black Lives Matter Incorporated talking about burn it down, you know, um, uh, being quite open about their anti-white racism, but also being quite open against uh, any black person who doesn't toe the line, right? So it's not even... A racial identity that they're trying to promote. It's a political identity that loosely overlaps with race, but with in which race is really kind of incidental. Because right, if you're Black Lives Matter Incorporated, you know you hate Candace Owens probably even more than you hate uh, you know take your pick of uh, a white person who's you know and in fact you would love a white person who you know agrees with you on your th- they love Robin D'Angelo. she's a, a as wide as they come right i mean they love robin d'angelo hate candace owens hate winsome sears hate you know whatever right why is that you know again kind of like there you have this these all these different ideologies that seem to be separate but each of them calibrated to push for an extreme that is destructive that's harmful and so again going back to the culture war is it worth fighting well it's necessary we're in it whether we like it or not but also the culture war it's really kind of a spiritual war you know we're not talking at this point in our history you know and believe me if if the culture war was about what should the top marginal tax rate be i don't know how interested i would be in that and you know i mean i don't have an opinion but i don't know how how much does it matter i mean within reason obviously you know if you talk about oh top marginal tax rate should be a 100 percent, well that's a quasi-religious position that is, you know, stupid. Uh, But, you know, if you're just talking about should it be 25%, should it be 22%, uh, you know, that's a a conversation like, yeah, maybe it's interesting to have, but it's not the same as talking about should the LGBTQ demon mob of Rainbow Pride marchers be allowed access to the kids? That's a whole separate thing, you know? And so, again, at this point, it's kind of like... what I've seen the last few years leads me to think there's like been a great sorting taking place where there's people who are or have wanted to pursue the good spiritually, you know, and maybe they've been on different sides of these political issues because there's been a lot of confusion where, like, basically in this hall of mirrors, you know, where it's hard to know. You have so many people who are bad actors who are spreading deliberate lies and then so many other people who... Because it's hard to get good information, maybe are deceived. They're sincere, but they're deceived by the bad actors, and so they're allowing themselves to be useful idiots of the bad actors. And I can't throw stones there because that's been me at certain points. You know, I've bought into or believed politicians' lies. I mean, I remember after nine eleven, yeah. You know, by all means, like let's go to war with these people, right? Uh, you know, it turns out, of course, that the actual story is a little more complicated than that and you had some evil psychopathic individuals in the Bush administration who may have even collaborated uh you know in some way with the people who did 9/11 I don't know how all that works and you know whatever but all I'm saying is is you can be deceived and then be on the wrong side but lately we've seen kind of a sorting you know where the evil has had to reveal itself more, has had to drop the mask a little more in order to pursue its its, its ends. And in fact, it's, it's even pushing for an extreme where at some point it becomes too obvious that it is an extreme, that, all right, whatever good you were going for has been attained by now, and now you're just going into a territory where it's just way too far off the, the mark, right? So again, the immune system of the body is good, but then when you have an autoimmune disorder and the immune system starts attacking other parts of the body, well, that's clearly bad, right? And we're in that situation now where we have whatever legitimacy could have ever existed in the civil rights movement it's totally lost it. And now at this point is an agent of chaos and destruction, you know, under the law of sin and death, right? And so more and more, you have people, if you're good, you're getting more opportunities. And by good, I mean you're like oriented generally towards the good. You want to be on the good side. You You want to value what's right you want your life to be a a blessing rather than a curse you know you want to be a blessing to others rather than a, a curse to others that kind of thing like you if that's your mindset if you want to orient yourself towards the things of god more and more i think there's been a clarification happening as evil has become more extreme and has dropped the mask to pursue its ends because one of the things with evil is you know evil has to lie like nobody you know if you just take evil being to steal, kill and destroy to cause harm be malicious, most people except for psychopaths, most people don't want to do that. most people don't want to be the bad guy, you know, even criminals will rationalize their their actions you know sometimes in unbelievable illogical ways, but they'll want to rationalize it and say like "This is why I did what I did and it's excused or justified like I'm not a bad person, right nobody wants to be a bad person. Right so evil in order to get you know or the forces of evil spiritually have to trick people have to deceive have to lie you know about what it is they want you know to convince people to push an agenda that's going to be harmful and destructive it has to convince them that well it's actually good and here's why it's good even though it's not but the problem there is when you lie like that um it undermines your ability to be effective in the world right you can't just come right out and say this is what we're going to do and this is why we're going to do it Right, you have to manipulate people into doing it it, it's, it takes more work and people who are really in touch with reality don't want to go along with it so you're going to lose the the best the brightest that kind of thing um, the most virtuous people strongest people so on and so forth right but as evil has and for whatever the reason is, John Carter from Postcards of Barsoom speculated there seems to be a timeline that's accelerating that the the evil people, maybe they're in league with... Like, I, at this point, really would not be surprised to learn. You know, and of course, some of the QAnon conspiracies hinted at this. But, uh, you know, Alex Jones, is, is some of the stuff that he got famous for sneaking into, you know, the meetings of Bohemian Grove and filming these kind of weird demonic rituals that the elites seem to be participating in. Like... At this point, would it surprise you to learn that the most powerful people in the world, you know, say uh, the, the members of the World Economic Forum, you know, engage in child sacrifice and drink the blood of children and that kind of thing? Would that even shock you to learn that? I mean, it probably wouldn't. At this point, you just expect evil of them, right? And so again, you know, you when you have this going on, it seems like there is, an accelerated timeline now where they're having to move more quickly and so it seems like overreach like a tactical blunder or even a pyrrhic victory right like they really overreached big time during covid and and the lockdowns and the mandates and all that the and in the united states of enron they really overreached you know in 2020 and then afterwards you know um and it seems like why would they do that it seems like such a blunder you know but yet it seems like maybe there's a timeline that's accelerating and they're aware of it maybe we're not maybe they maybe they really are having demonic rituals and they're in communion with some demon at this point i wouldn't rule it out And it certainly wouldn't surprise me to learn that that's the case, that there's actually, you know, they're engaging in these rituals and demons are somehow appearing to them or communicating with them in some way and giving them some kind of accelerated timeline. And here, you know, we're talking about aliens, demons, maybe those refer to the same thing, whatever they are, some sort of hyperdimensional being, whatever. Right? There seems to be something going on. So anyway, back to the culture wars. As evil, for whatever reason, is revealing itself, dropping the mask to push forth things, you know, to try to get humanity towards a certain point that we're not aware of what this point is or, or why it is there. But there's certainly stories and, you know, most of the uh, spiritual traditions and, you know, here are Going to reference the book of Revelations or maybe the book of Daniel in the Bible, uh, or some of the things that Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew near the end of that uh, about the end times. And and again, you look at it and it's just, well, maybe there is. Maybe there's something that these spiritual powers, whatever they are aliens, (laughs) hyperdimensional beings, whatever, are communicating to their the members of their cult here on earth, you know, these people that appear to us to be elite, uh, are, you know, somehow in partnership with, communion with these demons, and the demons are like, excel- you know, okay, you got to do this now, you got to do this now, because there's some kind of inflection point coming. So, we're probably going to see this stuff ramp up more, and the the dividing line between good and evil, now I know and said, it's, it runs down the middle of every human heart, which is true, you know, it's, you got to be careful about Not judging and not, you know, condemning and all that. But at the same time, where there's evil and it's it's clear, you you gotta hate evil. You hate the sin, hate or don't hate the sin or hate the sin that kind of thing. But when these lines become drawn more clearly, which I believe that they will in times to come, you know, the culture war, the spirit spiritual war, the difference between those two is probably gonna shrink and it's gonna become more clear whose side who is on what side so anyway you're, you're good people who are deceived legitimately uh they're gonna have more and more opportunities um to wake up and see who it is that they're really serving who it is that's really on their side what kind of law or spirit is leading them you know and um yeah you know, i guess they're again all, use the full armor of god the weapons of the spirit not carnal but mighty it's the pulling down of strongholds demolishing of lies and pretensions and so on and so forth right use the political process where you can but use you know get yourself right with god it seems to be the thing which of course is something that i you know hey physician heal thyself well i'm looking at myself in the mirror and saying, yeah I, I i gotta take heed to this as well so again with the the culture wars As with any conflict, you got to be careful because uh, at the same time, the devil's chief weapon is a lie, right? He's a father of lies, liars, you know. When he lies, as Jesus said, he's speaking his native language, his native tongue, right? So with that, you know, be alert, be sober minded, you know. I think that some, some of the language that uh, Apostle Paul talks about in his writings uh, about the nature of good and evil and even in the epistle of uh, St. Peter. Well, that probably says it as well as I possibly could. So maybe go read that. And uh, Anyway, that wraps that up. So about the culture war, is it worth fighting? Well, yeah, it is. And you have to. And there's, we're in it whether we like it or not. And it's worth fighting because ultimately at this point it's becoming a spiritual war the spiritual forces behind the appearances of things that we see in the world. That's the difference between those things is shrinking. And, um, anyway, so get yourself ready. Um, and that's all, you know, I don't have a clear answer or resolution there other than, you know, maybe change the way we're thinking about this. And, uh, you know, certainly consider the spiritual angle because it's important. Anyway, I'm Daniel D. This is A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, uh, check out the substack, com. Subscribe there. You can also comment there. And, of course, the comments can be, uh, you know, the comment threads can be more interesting than the original posts a lot of times. So, you know, make your voice heard. If you think I'm full of shit or leaving something out or whatever, let me know. Let's talk about it. Let's compare notes because we're all, like, basically this is my analogies. We're, like, in this you know it's like we we wake up with amnesia no idea of how we got here we're in this gaslit smoke-filled hall of mirrors you know with this wizard of oz character putting on this all these you know lights and you know sound effects and all that and then you got it's hard to know like who's telling truth who's a lot of times right we're we're trying to find our way on the fly and you know you you can have a map of the world uh And but the world changes so much that the maps soon become useless and now you're trying to just wing it like on the fly learn who's a friend, who's a foe you know, all that kind of stuff we're basically a a fog of war, right Fog, and that applies not just to literal wars but spiritual wars as well we're, you know, subject to the fog of war so let's trade notes I'm probably going to get a lot of stuff wrong maybe you can help set me right by sharing the notes that you've taken and we can you know, compare and there you learn and, uh, find our way in this crazy world. Anyway, that's me uh, for this week. Daniel D. At ghost of the machine, the podcast It is Sunday, August 20th, 2023. Talk to y'all later. Oh, and, uh, the tonic seven, check out our, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's tonic. It's either tonic discussions or tonic seven anyway. Um, uh, and it's also on rumble or, you know, podcast apps with tonic discussions or tonic seven uh depending on the platform i think it's referred to one way or the other uh some of the recent discussions we've had have been on the nature of evil and so forth so those guys are smarter than me so you know some of the stuff that they have to say is, is definitely worth hearing so anyway hasta luego y'all